Welcome to another edition of the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas, and today we're going to talk about post-purchase rationalization. Um, so this is uh, it's a pretty short one today. There's not that much to it, but it's kind of a version of uh, choice-supportive bias we talked about uh, back in episode three, where basically your brain tells you, hey, whatever choice you made, good choice there, pal. Um, so this is specifically around buying things. And it basically says, especially if it was something expensive and you bought it, you are going to be convinced you made the right choice no matter what, right? If you see a better deal later, it doesn't matter. I had to buy it then because of this. Um, so an example people give is you buy a really expensive like game system, right? Because all your friends have it and it's the new hotness. And then you find out all these other cooler games came out for this other system. And you'll be like, no, 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 I still made the right choice. Um, and, and it's been referred to as buyer's Stockholm syndrome, which is, you know, kind of mean. But that, that that's kind of what it is. Like you're held captive by just how expensive your purchase was, and now you've fallen in love with just how much money you spent. Um, So what's interesting about this bias, it's kind of a combination of things happening, right? Part of it is that choice supportive bias we talked about before, where no matter what decision you make, you know, uh, positive or negative, you're going to think you made the right choice, and you'll actually change your memory, right, to make that happen. Um, But it's also this thing that we talked about earlier called the endowment effect, where you value the things that you have more than the things that you don't have, right? So if someone says, hey, you want to trade out that game system you paid too much for? But no, 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 this is my game system, right? I, I, I will pay more to keep it than I will to sell it. Um, that's how crazy we are about the things that we own. So you combine those things and it's you know very unlikely you're going to feel bad about something really expensive. You're going to rationalize it later. Um, now where I start to wonder about this, right, is um, Trump voters. Right. There's been these stories about, hey, here's all these Trump voters who thought they were going to get one thing and now they think they're getting something else and uh, they're, but they're not going to vote for him a second time. And yes, I believe there are certainly people out there who voted for Trump, do not like what's happening and think they got sold a raw deal and are going to vote differently next time. I actually will lay money down that they are in the minority. Um, because that kind of behavior would fly in the face of a thousand years of consumer behavior and political behavior, right? The very fact that they voted for him means they are going to continue to support him. It's a tautology. It's it's, it's self-fulfilling prophecy because they are going to rationalize, no matter what happens going forward, just about that they made the right choice because that's what we do with every decision we make, right? Especially a quote-unquote expensive right decision like voting for Trump. Um, so, and this certainly happens with, you know, other candidates. Just Trump seems to be a pretty big example, right? Um so, so yeah, I, time will tell, but I suspect that this bias is going to kick in when it comes time to decide, are we going to vote for Republicans again? Are we going to vote for Trump again? Like, I don't think that just counting on Republicans or Trump's messing up is going to be enough to change voters' minds, weird as that may sound. Um, but this is the Cognitive Bias Podcast. Everything is weird. Um, another weird sort of uh, after effect of this bias, and this comes uh, comes from a Conversion XL blog post. You should look them up. But they were writing about post-purchase rationalization and how it makes it really hard to do good market research, right? Because you can't just ask somebody, hey, why did you purchase our product? Because anything they say is going to be a lie, right? It's, it's going to be their rationalization of why they bought rather than the actual reason they bought. Because again, mind plays tricks on us at that point. It's like once we've bought the thing, our mind will make up any story it needs to to justify the purchase. So they talk about like other questions you might ask to get a little more at the root of it. And one I really like is 
what is one thing that nearly stopped you from buying from us, right? Now, at least, you can start to get at, you know, what they call friction, right? Was there something, you know, that uh, made you pause or hesitate and think maybe this isn't the right choice? It lets you get a little closer to the reality of the purchasing process and not the mystification of the purchase process that people make after they've actually bought something. Um, so like I said, pretty short ones today, not that much to go into because it's really just an extension of an existing bias we talked about earlier, but I think it's a pretty interesting one and one worth uh, discussing. So here's hoping all your purchases are good ones. Um, we will see you uh, next time on the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas. Thanks. Thanks.